Red Shirts Dynasty listeners, before we get to tonight's episode, I want to remind everyone about FantasyGo.com. FantasyGo.com is the best place to go for personalized advice in your fantasy football drafts for 2020. Basically, here's the idea. Go to their website, check them out. You find your favorite analyst on there. When you do that, you can hire them to literally help them run your team. There's a personalized chat feature. It's every single thing you're looking for when you want to get fantasy advice. So check them out at FantasyGo.com. Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a ball blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Oh my goodness. Welcome in to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, of course, a ball blast football production. Um, Okada, we might need to put a new intro song when we put this out on uh, on the podcast app for everyone. <laughs> um, can we get the boys are back in town playing on repeat? Ooh, oh my goodness. Seriously? We have not been on a microphone together, the three of us, in honestly at least two and a half weeks. Yeah. It has been far too long. We had a little bit of, of John and Okada while I was away on the honeymoon. Then I came back and John had a scheduling issue, so it was me and Okada. Then I had a scheduling issue again, and then it was John <laughs> and Okada. So, listeners, we apologize. Thanks for you know sticking with us, but... Man, I am super excited to be back with you guys tonight. Boys, how are we doing? Uh, it is summer. Uh-huh. That is it. <laughs> Excellent. Um Here, uh, here's here's something I'm learning, John. Yeah. And I don't know I don't know how bad it is anywhere else besides Arizona and where I live, but right now because everyone in Arizona has to have AC and we're all stuck inside, I feel like it's actually not that bad. Whereas for us people who live five miles from the beach and so we don't have AC because we don't really need it, all of a sudden this heat wave is here and I'm melting in my house. So I'm taking about three showers per afternoon. (laughs) It's terrible. Cold cold showers, Um, I assume. Yes, cold showers. And I'm wearing no pants right now. Fantastic. Um, (laughs) Check it out on YouTube. The pants are off. Um, Yeah, no, I, I literally stay inside in my air conditioning. Unless I have to go outside and walk my dog, and then I'm just cursing under my breath for a few minutes, mm. um, and then I go back inside, and that's it. But um, I'm currently waiting on a massive dust storm that I just got a National Weather Service emergency bulletin on my phone two minutes before we started recording, so that's exciting. Um, Perfect timing yeah. for the podcast, so yes. Best how Vermont weather, best <laughs> Compared to that? It's beautiful. I'm sure. It's lovely. Um, It actually was really nice this past week. High 70s, low 80s all week. Sunny, just fantastic. Um, So, yes, it was great. I actually woke up this morning um, and put a sweatshirt on. It was 60 degrees outside when I woke up. And it was amazing. Just go back to your honeymoon. Okada and I've got this. (laughs) You can just, you can can get wrecked. Just get out of here. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. Um, But, man, welcome in. We're, We're super excited to talk. Tonight, uh, last episode, John and Okada talked the AFC East. Lots of good stuff on there. Mike is sicky love, as per usual. Mm, on tonight's show, we're going again with the East, the NFC East. And of course, we'll talk about it from a dynasty perspective. Before we get into that tonight, I want to remind everyone about the website, ballblastfootball.com. Listen, it's draft season. Like, if, if you're playing redraft leagues, 
you got to check it out, man. The content is flowing. Our rankings are all up there. Our full projections are currently going through an overhaul, which will be released probably by the time you hear this uh, in your ear holes or in your speaker. And we also have a lot more exciting stuff coming very soon, including some swag. Some ball blast swag. swag is coming very, very soon. Check it out. And of course, remind everyone about our fantasy football community at patreon.com slash ball blast. The best, I think, value in the industry. A couple bucks gets you access to the Slack channel, extra resources, our full rankings, our full projections. I mean, you name it, you get all sorts of good stuff on there. So be sure to check it out. And then final reminder, we are still taking entries for the Listener League 2020. Reminder, this is how you enter. If you want to play against Okada, myself, Michelle, and Kate, you have to review both podcasts and Apple Podcasts, take a screenshot, tag at RetrotsFFPod and at BallBlastFB on Twitter. You'll automatically be entered into the Listener League. And again, reminder, we're not only playing for a trophy smack ring, which is confirmed, by the way. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about kind of giving away something, whether it's a Patreon month membership or a T-shirt or something. Like, and you'll get to learn, you know, learn how to beat us. So it'll be fun. Uh, check it out. Boys, anything else before we get into the news? Training camp. It is here. We're here. Pads come on that- tomorrow, and I am so excited. <laughs> I was like, is that it? <laughs> yes. That's the yes, news. that's it. We have camp, which hey, well, is so there's, fun. There is some hype coming out of a training camp. So let's talk about that next. I got great news, guys. Oh, oh. Got news. All right. As John said, it is the heart of training camp season, and the pads come on tomorrow. Uh, we are recording this on Sunday evening. Of course, you're listening on Monday, so that's today, actually. The pads are on, and there's a lot of hype about these rookies. Let's start with San Francisco. Coach Kyle Shanahan's talking about Brandon Ayuk, oh. the first-round rookie wide receiver, saying he is, quote, further ahead than a lot of rookies, end quote. Boys, are we surprised by this? Should we read into it? What are we going to do here with Brandon Ayuk? Let's talk about it from Dynasty and then as well from a redraft. And Okada has the dr evil pinky up right now at the corner of his lips so he is very excited about this news okada tell us why ask me if i'm surprised bets you don't even have to ask the answer is no <laughs> no listen i've been telling you guys all off season that brandon Ayuk was going to ball and then when we got the news that debo samuel was going to be missing a lot of camp if not all of it and potentially even with the start of the season i said Guys, Brandon Ayuk has a very good chance to just take that job out of the gate. And and I was kind of a juggling between he and Justin Jefferson as far as who might be the most valuable rookie receiver for redraft. The scale is sliding more and more towards Brandon Ayuk right now. The fact that he's doing well in camp, the fact that Jefferson was on the uh, COVID list. And yeah, I think he's going to be something for redraft this year. Listen, he's not going to be a wide receiver two, most likely. I'm not going to say that. But could he be a wide receiver three? Very possibly. And is that great for a rookie? Definitely yes. And for Dynasty, I hope you picked him where I told you to pick him, which was mid-first round. Um, you, you probably didn't have to, but if you got him in your rookie draft, congrats. If you didn't, and the person who got him got him a little later than that and doesn't really know what they have, I'd absolutely offer a first to go get him. Right now. Like it's it's yep. right now because you have about ASAP. A, you've got about another five days before the hype starts really piling on, um, and then you're not gonna have a chance. So uh, yeah, I completely agree with Okada. It's it's great to hear, and, and this is a coach that really does tell it like it is most of the time. 
So I, I, I trust what I hear out of Shanahan, and he had no problem basically undressing Dante Pettis to the media last year. So <laughs> yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so he, I've never heard a coach talk so negatively about a player right. openly to the media. So if if Ayuk was really struggling or was just doing okay. We'd be like, well, he's a rookie and he's out here and, and he's competing and, you know, he's getting better every day. But no, for him to actually come out and say like, yeah, he's he's ahead. You're like, oh, OK, I can actually take that to the bank coming from this coach. So uh, I'm very excited for him. I, I think it's great. He's going to be a yards after the catch monster like we've talked about a whole bunch. It's it's going to be awesome to see. Would you guys give up if you were if you had a projected, let's say, Projected top four 2021 pick in a non-super flex league. Nah. Would you give that up to get Ooh. Brandon Ayuk on your roster? Fourth is almost the cutoff. In a non-super flex, it's probably got to be a mid first for me to feel comfortable. But So it's right there. Okay. That yeah. gives the people an idea of like how excited we are, but like still, don't be silly. Yeah, <laughs> right. With the trade. Okay. Um, next piece of news with some rookies. We're going out to Las Vegas if you're on Twitter at all, you know about Brian Edwards at this point. I mean, the hype is all-time high. <laughs> Everyone is tweeting about Brian Edwards, and they're posting one-handed catches from practice. He looks awesome. Um, guys, what are we doing here? There's news that he might start over Henry Ruggs, and there's more to the, just the news blurb. It's not just that as the headline, but that's what everyone's seeing. And so I'm asking the question, do you think... Like, are, are people overvaluing Brian Edwards before he's done anything in this league? Because honestly, uh, the the hype is it's out of control. I mean, certainly depends on where you set the line for him. Uh, I, I don't think it's at all overhyped to say he could be ahead of Rugs for fantasy. Um, I don't think it's at all overhyped to say he could challenge for best rookie wide receiver uh, in redraft. Now, does that mean that I value him? For a for, you know, with a first round pick type of dynasty, like even as high as Ayuk, no. Do I think he's going to be wide receiver two this year? No. But there's a lot to like about Brian Edwards. This offense is wide open for somebody to take the lead there to be the red zone threat. He's six three, two hundred twelve pounds. 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 He. pants. <laughs> if you like any of the uh, the sort of deeper analytical college stat stuff, like college dominator and breakout age. He is insane in those categories. Yeah. 94th percentile dominator, 100th percentile breakout Woo! age. So, yeah, he's as good as it gets. Um, I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be good in this league. I, I'm i excited to see what he can do. If you got him as a, in your rookie draft, you probably got him at a great value. Yeah, I, I like him as a prospect. We were talking about that division last week. Um, and I kind of threw in there at the end that I, I like him in that offense and that he's got a chance to to take over as uh, the red zone threat. He's the tallest wide receiver on the team by quite a bit. Um, he's explosive. He can jump. He's really good at contested catches. Um, and he shows a pretty decent amount of polish and physicality in his routes. So, um, yeah, you know, we've been talking all offseason since, you know, Henry Ruggs got drafted that, it makes sense where they took him for what he does for real life football, but that doesn't necessarily translate to fantasy football. Um, he's going to stretch that offense. D- defenses are going to have to account for him and his and his speed, and it's going to open it up for others. And I really do think that Brian Edwards has a really good opportunity um, 
to grow. Again, I, I don't know about the level of breakout this year in his rookie campaign, but he's got a really good dynasty outlook to potentially take over that job as being their kind of alpha wide receiver. Yeah, I think, in my opinion, the best value in rookie drafts this past year was Brian Edwards going consistently back into the second, sometimes third, um, and it was just easy to smash the draft button every time. So, yeah, we like him a lot on the show. Uh, hopefully the hype doesn't get too out of control because I still want a lot of Brian Edwards shares in my life. All right, boys, one quick injury update, and we'll just kind of transition it right into the Washington football team, and we'll Ooh. start there with our NFC East preview from a dynasty perspective. Alex Smith, what an incredible story, has been activated from the PUP to start practicing. He actually practiced today on Sunday for the first time. Um, His wife put out um, a really, like, awesome video of them celebrating popping champagne and just, like, so happy. So it's so incredible, especially as a PT, to see this. Um, The guy almost, literally almost died, almost lost his leg. It's just a remarkable story. And obviously, check out um, ESPN and Stefania Bell did a fantastic documentary about it, uh, Project 11. So check it out for more details. But anyway... He has been activated. I still find it, I would be shocked if he played this year, barring anything from Dwayne Haskins or maybe late in the year if, if things really don't go well for Haskins or, or whatever it is. So, but for me, I think Haskins is the guy to own here if you are in a dynasty league, obviously. Everyone is worried about Dwayne Haskins. Boys, can we talk people off the ledge after a really down rookie season? Are you guys going out and buying Dwayne Haskins with this news and with the fact that people don't think he'll ever be probably like a top 15 quarterback. I don't think people think he has that type of ceiling. In Superflex, I was kind of already interested a little bit in buying Dwayne Haskins, like not going out of my way to do it, but I think he's going to be better than what we saw for most of his first season, including sitting on the bench (laughs) for most of it, which was the real problem considering his draft capital. But he had some good games to finish the year. He's a guy who, and we bring it up a lot, through 50 touchdowns, in a, in a single season in college, he clearly can produce. The weaponry was a mess last year outside of Terry McLaurin, who was a rookie. He's going to take another step forward. I think that Dwayne Haskins can be a mid to back end QB two in the near future. That's not super <laughs> encouraging necessarily, but I think people are viewing him right now as like a guy you don't even want on, in your lineup in Superflex. And so I think at that price, I'm willing to be interest, a little interested. Yeah, I agree. He's I, going good. I was just going to say he's going at ADP. He's going at the quarterback 28 mark oh, in yeah. yep. dynasty leagues. That's so, that's way too low. Um, yeah. I, Go ahead, John. What were you going to say? I was just going to say I agree. I think that him settling in as a mid-range quarterback two is, uh, I would I would say likely that that's the outcome. Yeah. I don't think that he's a total bust and is going to lose his job. I think they showed a lot of confidence in him in this offseason. Um, even with everything going on there in that franchise and new coach and all the scandal crap and everything going on, um, he's just kind of been the dude. They didn't go out and really address it. They brought in a backup behind him that Rivera knows from Carolina. Um, and that's it. So he has the opportunity to go out there and continue to develop in his uh, second season. I think he's going to do that. So, um, I have a handful of shares of him, and I'm I'm holding and just uh, writing it out and seeing how he develops. Yeah, the term quarterback two in fantasy is such a, a nasty stigma about it. No one wants those guys. 
But in Superflex, you need those guys yeah. to win mm-hmm. your league. It's just like having a wide receiver three or wide receiver four. Exactly. Yeah. Um, not everyone is going to start Pat Mahomes and Kyler Murray right. in a dynasty league. Like it's you need these players. So yeah, I'm buying Dwayne Haskins all day. I mean, Pro Football Focus looks at you know grading these players out, and towards the end of the year, he actually graded out really, really well in terms of how he managed the game and kind of um, not necessarily lit up fantasy box scores, but still from a real life NFL perspective, showed enough to be like, all right. He's got a chance to to take control of the job this year. Let's go to the running back position because it is, I think it's fascinating. Like, what's going to happen this year? People are on two sides of the coin. I, I think we can all agree in redraft, Adrian Peterson's probably going to carry the ball 200 times and it's going to be boring and whatever. In Dynasty, I want to know, is it Bryce Love or is it Antonio Gibson? Who is the running back that you guys want on your roster? <laughs> I'll let Okada John, you go first. Okay. No, no, no. You go first because Betts and I had this discussion to a degree when the news came out about guys. Right. So I we've both kind of given a bit of our piece. Okay. So I want to hear what you have to Which say. Which is great because I didn't listen to that. So that's fantastic. Um, oh, come on, dude. You got to subscribe, <laughs> rate, and review. I will. Can I get in on the next drawing then? Bill, <laughs> don't I, let him in the listener. Can I, He's not, he hasn't given us a review. Can I Can I get in on the next drawing for a jersey um, if I do that? Yeah. Sure. That, that'd be great. Um, I don't think it's Bryce Love. I, I know that Okada does, and he put on Twitter that he successfully acquired Bryce Love in every single one of his dynasty leagues. Um, I think it's Adrian Peterson this year with a little bit of Bryce Love sprinkled in and maybe a touch of Antonio Gibson mostly in receiving work. Um, but I think it's a new running back in 2021. I don't think the future running back of this franchise is on the roster. So whether that's that. whether that's via draft or they go out in this 2017 draft class that is all coming up on contracts and some of them are going to change teams, if they go out and spend some money at the running back position there um, or if they draft next season, but I, I don't think it's anyone that they have on roster right now. I think it's AP for this year who's going to be a very boring 200 to 225 carry right around a thousand yards, maybe six touchdowns. It'd be a boring running back two or flex play. Um, and then it's someone new in 2021. Mr. Okada, your rebuttal. There's this guy in 2016. <laughs> 2016. It is 2020, 2016. bro. <laughs> Hold on who played for Stanford, who rushed for 1,600 yards and 13 touchdowns. Uh-huh. His name was Christian McCaffrey. Yes. yes, I've heard of him. He's pretty good. Vaguely familiar. The next year, in 2017, this other guy rushed for 2,100 yards and 19 touchdowns, averaging two more yards per carry than McCaffrey did the year before. Yep. His name was Bryce Love. Absolutely. And he was the runner-up for the Heisman Trophy. Four years ago. Then he went and tore his ACL. (laughs) He has dealt with a lot of injury problems. There's no denying that. It's what made him drop in the draft, which is the only reason he wasn't a probably second-round pick and getting a lot more hype. And he redshirted last year for the Washington football team. Technically, they were a different name then, but we're just going to call them that. Um... (laughs) This guy has a absolute butt ton of talent. He had. <laughs> the only question years. is whether we will see it come to fruition because of the injuries. Now, if Betts has something to say about him not being able to ever recover or have three or four good seasons before his arthritis kicks in in eight years, as I'm sure is the case, I'm open to hearing that. But until I do, I expect Bryce Love to play this year. I expect Bryce Love to play the next year after that. 
reports out of camp are that he is looking great, and that is not surprising to me because he has more talent than anybody on that roster by a long shot. So I think he can take the RB1 job as soon as mid-2020. Oh, you got to watch on YouTube. I mean, John's just shaking his head, like rolling his eyes like, we've heard this one before, Okada, shut up. Stop saying these silly things. <laughs> um, but real quick, before, before I let John go again, I just want to talk about the injury because he did have the ACL tear, like Okada said, but then he also ended up having a second procedure to to basically address um, adhesions or like fibrosis inside the joint, which is a common thing after ACL surgery. People don't talk about it quite as much, but it does happen. And that can delay the recovery. It can delay your rehab. It can delay your time to get back to peak performance levels. So yeah, I think there's it's definitely valid. I think that is a concern a little bit. The, the tough part is we just haven't seen Bryce Love do anything for training camp, for preseason, this year or last, obviously this year, uh, or in the season. We just haven't seen anything from, from him. And it, it kind of feels like Darius Geis 2.0 because they both had major knee injuries. They both were super exciting in college. They both were going to be the guy. And then you mean the Darius, except Bryce the Darius Guys that we were all excited about for this year before he went and got himself arrested? Well, even even if Darius Geis was going to produce this year, it was going to be an outlier season. You look at the historical hit rate of guys coming off of injury who don't actually produce in the first year, it's very, very low. So I like Bryce Love's game. I'm just not convinced that it's going to be good for fantasy or that it's really going to develop. Again, this is the Washington football team. By the time they're good, right. it, it might not matter. Like I, That's where I'm at. I, I'm more excited in, in Antonio Gibson just because he can catch the football. And you look at the wide receiver depth chart. It's non-existent. <laughs> it's literally mm-hmm. nothing besides Terry McLaurin. So if you're telling me Antonio Gibson's going to see 80 targets this year, which I think is very possible, Ooh. I'll take that in a PPR format instead of Bryce Love. That's that's just me, though. Wow. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, 80 targets. Antonio Gibson will always be the receiving back. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Even if Bryce Love breaks out. I will, I will give you that. Right. He... I don't know. I think the ceiling for what we're talking about in terms of Antonio Gibson is like a Tariq Cohen mold. I I think that's Mm -hmm. like the absolute ceiling for what he could be for fantasy purposes, which has its place if he hits his absolute ceiling and is pumped with targets. Um, That would be fantastic. I'm not sure if that's the case, but again, their wide receiver depth is Terry McLaurin. We love Steven Sims. Okay. And then after that, he's got a good chance of potentially being the third receiving option on that team. Um, yeah, in terms of Bryce Love, I loved Bryce Love in college. When he was having that breakout season at Stanford, it was absolutely fantastic to watch. Like, I loved it. I, I was a big Pac-12 guy, um, and, and I, I loved his game, and it was so fantastic. It's just been so long, and injuries, I I just don't... It's, it's really hard to imagine him, like, breaking out at this point. Like, it's been, it's been so long since we've seen it. I don't know. It would be great to see. It'd be a fantastic story. Um, for this guy to... You know. For the record, it's not like Devontae Parker it's been so long since we've seen it. He just hasn't played. Yeah, no, I know. I'm not saying that we've so, seen bad things He from might him. still be just as good. He might be. And he's 23 years old. Right. Absolutely. Coming off of two knee surgeries. So I, I just... I'm not Perfect. buying into someone that hasn't seen the field in over two years coming off of ACL in a pretty bad offense... I'm just not really interested in that when I think that they'll probably draft another running back next year or who knows if they're in a really good cap situation and feel like a a stud is what they need. 
then maybe they'll they'll go out and pay someone. I don't see that. I don't see that being a likely possibility. But I think it's more than likely that they might invest some pretty good draft capital on a running back next year. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty fair. Um, John and I are saying uh, no, thank you. Okada says yes, please. Um, that's our, our stance on Bryce Love. I guess you can choose which analysts you like the best. And when you, when you decide who that is, just let us know on Twitter why John and I are True. correct. Yes. Okay, please. moving on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we mentioned Terry McLaurin. If you've ever listened to our show before, you can just fast forward, skip, skip, skip. Because the next 30 seconds to a minute is going to be us telling you why we absolutely love this guy. I feel like I've said enough <laughs> to last the entire season about this dude. So I'm going to kick it over to Okada because... He wrote an article on ballblastfootball.com uh, probably about three to four weeks ago at this point talking about why Terry McLaurin has wide receiver one upside in fantasy. So, Kata, anything you want to say about McLaurin, and then we can probably move on to the next team because the tight end room is not good. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the main reasons that we want to highlight McLaurin is because of how little else we need to highlight on this team. He is going to be the absolute focal point. I could see him getting 150 plus targets. 30%. And I don't project him for that. I have him for a little less. But that's the kind of upside this guy has. And he has the talent to capitalize on that to the absolute maximum. Um, we saw you know, a lot of great flashes from him last year. For a rookie, he, he was very solid. A very good route runner. Technical guy. I think he can help uh, Dwayne Haskins develop. And so I'll just give you this one stat because it was my favorite stat from the article, and then we can move on. These are the seven highest wide receiver PFF grades last year in order. Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Tyree Kill, DeAndre Hopkins, Antonio Brown. In other words, six of the best wide receivers of the last decade. And number seven is Terry McLaurin. Woo! That's how good That's how good he is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I don't know yes, what you have to pay I mean. to go get him, guys, but pay it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, All right, boys. He could probably have a thirty percent. Go ahead, John. He, he could have a thirty percent market share, easily. Uh, easily in sure. this offense. Yes. Um, he showed that he's more than just a route runner as well, and he makes contested catches, um, leaping catches in the end zone in double coverage. Dude can do everything. Like I, I yeah, you're you're buying now, or he's not going to be affordable. Period. Like it's nope. this is one. The train is is going to be rolling hard this season for Terry McLaurin, for sure. And we are leading the way. All right. Here we go. (laughs) Next team here. Let's talk about the Cowboys. Um, There's a lot to like on this roster. I don't know that we really need to talk a lot about Zeke. Anything you guys really want to say? I mean, people know what he is. He's fantastic. He's a top five dynasty running back. He's a top five redraft running back. He's great. He's locked up for long term. Uh, time there. I want to talk about the wide receiver room though, because th- that's interesting. You got Amari Cooper, you got Michael Gallup, you got C.D. Lamb as their three starters, fellas. I feel like this is one that I kind of want multiple pieces of this offense in Dynasty. I want some Michael Gallup. I really want some C.D. Lamb. Amari Cooper's fine. He's just annoying for how up and down he is. But at those those three names, who do you think who do you think is the most affordable right now, and who do you think is the biggest buy Ooh. out of those three? That's an interesting question. Because I think the I think the ADP would show like Amari, then Gallup, then Ceedee Lamb. I would assume. Yeah, that's, that's how it's how it would startup look. ADP. Yeah, that's how it's going right now. I can Sorry, look it up though. I think. That could be true. I feel like if you're if you're talking about buying prices though, Lamb might be harder to get than I Gallup. think he is too because people are going to look at the so youth too. and he's a you know new yeah. flashy toy. He probably costs more to acquire. Um, so yeah, 
I'd probably I'd probably lean and Gallup the, would be the piece that I'm going to go out and try to target. Agree. I I would lean Gallup to both parts of your question. The, who is the the cheapest, and also who is the one I want to go buy, and also the third question of who is the best fantasy receiver <laughs> on this team. I oh, would still hey. answer Gallup. Yeah. I mean, listen, for this year and then every year after that, I'm going to lean more and more Gallup over Cooper. But for this year alone, I have them projected within three targets of each Woo! other, within 20 yards of each other, same number of touchdowns. Oh, okay. And you're, and you're going to get Gallup's numbers, I think, a little bit more consistently yeah. than you're going to get Cooper's numbers just because of the way Cooper has always played the game. So I, I pretty much want to own Gallup more straight up. It's very close, but... It, considering their price differences, the value is not even close for me. Give me all the Gallup. And listen, I also like Lambs. Give me some Lamb, too. I, I wouldn't hate owning one of these guys in three different leagues across my portfolio. I did look it up. The current ADP is is Cooper, then CeeDee Lamb oh, really? with the rookie okay. hype, then Gallup. And How so, close in startup? Uh, about two rounds. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think that sounds... I mean, that makes sense with the prices that I would see, like, if you're trying to trade them, too. So, that makes sense. I agree. Uh, Michael Gallup, man, uh, he was sixth in the NFL in receiving yards per game last year. No one talks yeah. about it. No. Nope. And I, I just want to buy into the Cowboys' offense in general. And it's not even because Mike McCarthy. It's mostly because of Kellen Moore, who, in, in that scheme, Dak was just lights out last year. I mean, their their efficiency, their pace of play was up. The production was up across the board. I don't really see that changing this year, especially because the defense probably is not going to be fantastic. So it's going to be a lot on Dak's shoulder. And then obviously we love the uh, the receiving game there. And I will just say, too, if anyone has doubts about can this offense support three wide receivers, Randall Cobb saw 83 targets last year. Randall Cobb. Mm. Okay, now we're talking about C.D. Lamb. Absolute right. stud not rookie. as good as C.D. Lamb. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm buying into this offense for sure. Um, yeah. What do you guys think? And I mean... Go ahead. Well, take it free what you will as well, but there have not that been that many instances in the history of the NFL that a team has produced two wide receiver ones for fantasy. Mike McCarthy has done it before yep. with the Johnny Packers. Nelson so, right. yep. yeah, take that for what you will. All right, love and, it. And um, and what boys. I think is interesting about that, just to, just to pile onto that, the way that he accomplished that was one was a yardage leader and one was a touchdown hmm. leader. I could definitely mm-hmm. see Michael Gallup being the touchdown receiving option in mm. this offense if Mike McCarthy has his thumbprint on it. Sure. That's a great point. Um, let's talk about tight end real quick for a minute. Jason Witten, just like uh-huh. Rob Cobb, saw 83 targets. Can you blade hands Jason Witten from Monday Night Football? <laughs> Saw 83 targets last year. I cannot. I saw that today when I was doing a little bit of research for the show. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Why? How? And now we have Blake Jarwin coming in. And you can say, okay, this might be a little bit of addition by subtraction with Jarwin being much younger. Obviously, at this stage of their career, more athletic. Don't get me wrong. Jason Witten was a stud oh, for years. But clearly, his time has come and gone. And now we're looking at Blake Jarwin. The redraft crowd, I feel like, is talking about him quite a bit. But I don't know about you guys. I don't see anyone in the Dynasty circle talking about Blake Jarwin that much. Are you guys interested in adding him to a Dynasty roster? Let's say as your tight end, too, if you already have like a, a Kittle, Kelsey, Ertz type of tight end. That's exactly the kind of situation that I'm looking for. If I can get Blake Jarwin as a security piece or a potential breakout piece to go behind a guy I'm safe with in Dynasty and comfortable with for a couple more years, 
I'd love to do that because I think there is a chance that Blake Jarwin can break out to be a top, a tight end one. Now, I will say, I don't think he has the upside to be a top four, right. join that super elite group. He's not the, you know, the insane athlete that those guys are. He's not the college prospect, really, that those guys are. I think he can be decent. I think he can be a Jared Cook type tight end or a Jason Witten of old type tight end who you're consistently getting tight end eight seasons from, but never quite the, the Kittle seasons. But I still want to own those guys in Dynasty because coming across a Kittle or a Kelsey is not common. Yeah, it's it's tough for me because I, I'm still kind of in the Blake Jarwin is just a guy camp. Um, hmm. I, I don't. He kind of he is. is like he's just a guy. And <laughs> but so is Jared but Cook. Yeah, true. And here's here's the thing. I I think that he has the opportunity to be a back end tight end one. But what does that really do? Like a, a back end tight end one is nothing. Like a back end tight end really. one is like eight points a game. Like gets you into like the top eight. Woo! Like it's it's okay, <laughs> fantastic. That's awesome. Next, I'd rather take someone that I think if I'm gonna get one of the top three or four guys. I'd rather take more upside dart throws than take a Blake Jarwin. I'd rather grab an mm. Irv Smith Jr. than a Blake Jarwin. Because I want to take I, I want to take the athleticism, the the dart throw that someone that I think might be able to get to that top four range than someone that I think is gonna annually be six through ten at the tight end position. That and those targets last year, fantastic. I'm really glad that he got those. Gallup is going to continue to develop and take more. CeeDee Lamb is going to get way more than Randall Cobb did. CeeDee Lamb could have over 100 targets in his rookie year. And I don't know what's going to be left. We know that Zeke is pretty proficient at catching out of the backfield as well. I don't know that the tight end position is really going to matter a whole lot in this offense. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of like, eh, it doesn't really do a whole lot for me. There's some other options out there that I think have higher upside that I'd be rather to gamble on. I think that's that's relatively fair. I think, you know, with Blake Jarwin, it's it's it is what it is, right? Like you we all want these like high upside dudes, but if you can get him as like your tight end two or tight end three, and you gotta plug him in every few weeks for injury or bye week, that wins you sure. dynasty titles. Like you need those players. So that I'm that's what you're getting out of him. Like, I'm in. Yes, but I think if anyone's expecting like a massive, huge breakout this year, they'll probably be a little disappointed. I will say though, he did get signed to an extension four years, twenty two million dollars. So he's locked up. I think he's their tight end for the foreseeable future, unless something happens there, uh, barring unforeseen changes. Boys, Dak Prescott, I mean, what a season. Ooh. I've seen him go in the first round frequently of Superflex startup drafts. Do you guys think mm. that is warranted and that is fair? Yes. Warranted AF. Yep. <laughs> um, <it>. If like <laughs> if I'm drafting between like the, you know, the eight spot and the back of the first it's definitely an option. It's not necessarily the strategy that I tend to like to go, but I would have no problem if you want to, you know, make him the cornerstone of your franchise in the Superflex right there at the back half of the first. Is he in the Kyler Murray tier for you guys? He's ahead of Kyler for me. Ooh. Bets? Wow. Redraft or Dynasty? Dynasty. Dynasty, I have Kyler one spot ahead of my ranks. Same. That's, yeah. I've got, I've got, but in his tier, yeah, I think it's close. Yes, it's really right? close yeah. production okay. wise. Then I think we're all, I think we're all on the same page yeah. there. The other thing too with Dak that I just want to highlight for our listeners. I mean, people are like, "Oh, this insane efficiency through the air. Like, is that going to come down?" Yeah, maybe. But 
We also can't forget that in the first three seasons for Dak, he rushed for six touchdowns every year. He also mm. posted his lowest yardage of rushing last year. And if we consider that to maybe bounce back up and kind of even out, I think things will stay status quo. Dude's a stud. What is there to say? Yes, yes, yes. All right, boys. Anything else that you want to talk about on this Cowboys team before we move on to a word from our sponsor? Mm, not really. Tony Pollard, you you probably want to own yeah. him. He's yeah. one of the best handcuffs in the league, if you can. Yeah. I, if you own Zeke, go get go yeah. get Pollard. Yeah. All right. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Fellas, we even talked about this sponsor for a little while, but we got to bring them back because they're showing us some love, so we got to show them some love. We're talking nuts and more. And oh, wait. You listen I to want us, some. Hold on. Oh, yes. Go. If you listen to us in either March, April, we were talking about them for almost like every episode because they're, they're so good. And both guys, Okada and John, left to go get their nuts and more products because they sent us samples as sponsors and just saying thank you. And we can speak to truly how delicious their products are. So what they are, they're almond butters and peanut butters. They are packed with protein. They have these little snack packs you can travel with. They're so easy. I take them to work all the time. Okada's showing you on our YouTube channel. John is currently eating his on our YouTube channel, so <laughs> check it out. But man, it's, it's so good, and it just feels good to eat something that's like healthy and good for you, but also tastes like dessert. We're talking about cookie dough, like chocolate peanut butter flavors, hazelnut, like so, so, so good. So guys, do yourself a favor. Check it out. Um, the code, the unique code, I'll put it up on the screen for you on YouTube. It's a little bit of a mouthful, so we'll put it in the, the description. It's nutsinmore.com backslash question mark ref equals red shirts. You have to use our code if you want to help us out. I know it's a lot, so we'll put it directly in the podcast description as well as on YouTube. And when you get on there, that site, check it out. Enter the code red shirts, and they used to only let our listeners save 10% because we were kind of new with them and they were like, we're not really sure yet if it's worth kind of investing that kind of. Uh, resources into this podcast. They upped it to 15% for our listeners mm. because of saying thank Let's you. Go. So do yourselves a favor, check it out. You will not be upset at all. Legit delicious. All right, boys, like, let's move it's on so to. Good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. So good. Yeah. So good. All them proteins. All, them proteins. <laughs> all the proteins. Let's talk about the New York Giants. Boys, uh, uh, there's a lot to like about this this roster, but there's also a lot that I'm confused about. So hopefully okay. you can help me out. <laughs> Let's start. Let's start with Daniel Jones. I've been pretty vocal. I'm in on this dude in dynasty. I'm even in on him in redraft. I think he's in for an excellent season this year. I don't think what we saw from last year from him was really a fluke. And yes, he only really produced against subpar defenses, but it's the rushing that really just gets me excited. No one talks about it with Daniel Jones. He can provide that floor for you uh, on the ground. Do you guys have him currently ranked inside your top twelve in dynasty quarterbacks? I do not. Um. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I have him more as a mid-range QB2, actually. There's there's this little group of veterans that are all kind of similar that I have right in front of him. Stafford, Cousins, Tannehill. Right now, Garoppolo is. That could change. I could easily see Daniel Jones jumping Garoppolo in my rankings. But I'm not. I'm still not fully convinced. And we talked about this a little bit before. But, like, he had a, 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 a solid year, a decent year. And I feel like it took us all from... Making fun of him as the yes. worst draft pick ever and absolute garbage out of Duke to all of a sudden <laughs> top end QB one. Like right. it was a it was no, a good year. End. Okay. QB one. Like of Q, any kind. QB ten. QB ten. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I need to see a. I need to see a full season where he produces at at that level or better. Before I'm willing to rank him there. For now, he's going to be like in the QB 15 range, which is still not terrible. Yeah, but I don't want him to be my QB one if I can help. I it. agree with that assessment. Um, 
man, the fumbles are concerning. The fumbles just drive me absolutely insane. Um, how many times did he put the ball on the ground last year? It felt like every other snap. It was so many times. Like, his game against um, Tampa Bay, where he had his coming out party, he was tearing it up through the air. You know, all of a sudden, he and Darius Slayton are both fantasy things that happened. Um, Okada's looking super creepy right now with that nuts and more pouch. Um, <laughs> Classic. All of a sudden, like... They burst onto the scene and they become things in fantasy, but I swear he fumbled it four times and got like two of them back in that game. Dude, I'm literally looking at this, the game log, the stats. He fumbled the ball a total of 18 times last year. More than one a game. Like, it's is that fumbles lost or just fumbles? I mean, granted, no total. Total fumbles. Total fumbles. Okay. Man, it's I don't oh I don't God. like it. That and Nate Solder opted out on the season. Um, his starting left yep. tackle, who he was, you know, performing sub what we've seen out of him over the course of his career. Granted, but he still was a veteran piece on that offensive line. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how they're looking at replacing that and what the line's going to look like in front of him. But yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of with Okada. I'm still kind of wait and see. Um, I'm fine with him as a mid quarterback too. Um, if I can get, you know, like a Carson Wentz as my one and then. Uh, Daniel Jones is my two. Sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd like that combo just fine. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I would like that as well. Um, Yeah, the nice thing about Daniel Jones too is that I think he's someone that you can target either at ADP or maybe just a little bit below and know that you could, you're going to get those weeks that he booms if you are playing him in Superflex. So that's what I like about him uh, quite a bit. As far as the pass catchers, man, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Dan, uh, Daniel Jones has weapons for sure. He's got Golden Tate, who's a veteran. He's got Sterling Shepard, who's kind of in his prime years, but I think is what he is at this point. And then he's got Darius Slayton, who we all, I think, prefer in Dynasty. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, out of those three options, again, I, I don't know what to pay to get any of them. I don't really know what their value is. Like, I'm just kind of stuck. So maybe you guys can help our listeners out, because clearly I add zero value to this conversation. <laughs> Uh, I cannot. I cannot help the listeners out, Bets, because the real difficulty with these guys is none of them, is, in my opinion, is to clear one. Right. I think a lot of people are excited about Darius Slayton because he had some really good games last year. That is nowhere near enough to convince me that he is a true one or the one on this team even because Sterling Shepard has been solid whenever he's played for this team. He's been solid, and Golden Tate is always solid. Now, I don't think Golden Tate's going to be there much longer, and I have him quite a bit lower than those other two even for this year. But I don't think either of Darius Slayton or Sterling Shepard is, is a 120-target guy. I don't think either of them is an 80-reception guy. I don't think either of them is even a 1,000-yard receiver this year. So that just makes it hard for me to want any of them. And unless it clarifies massively this year, I don't want any of them for Dynasty that badly either. Yeah, um... I'm kind of with bets that it's just a little confusing to kind of make out. It's just very muddied. Um, Sterling Shepard has been fine um, when he's been healthy and on the field. So perfectly, perfectly fine. fine. So fine. Um, we need to make the most. We got to make that into a shirt. Perfectly. Fine. That's true. Um, that would be fantastic. He's been perfectly <laughs> fine when he's been on the field. Um, he's dealt with some injuries. Evan Ingram can never put a full season together. Um, yeah, I mean, the offense was shaping up to be really, really good around an elite wide receiver one in OBJ. And then they True. traded him. 
And now it's like, okay, now we've got a whole bunch of twos, but no one, like Okada was saying. I, I do like Slayton. Um, obviously, he's got the youth on his side, which is great because Golden Tate's going to, you know, fade out here in the next year or two, probably. Um, I don't know how much more Sterling Shepard is going to kind of solidify himself, where it's like, you've already been in the league for four years now for Shepard, something like that. Four or five, maybe. Uh, maybe 2016. Five, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, 2016 was his draft yeah, year. Yeah, so it's been a minute. So it's kind of like, okay, prove it or not. Like, wh- where are we going with you? So he's got the youth on his side. So for dynasty purposes, I'm willing to take a guy like Darius Slayton that produced pretty well in his first season. And if he continues to develop and take a step forward, I do think that he has the possibility of taking over and being the one there. He's not like your prototypical one. Um you know, he's not like a real alpha guy. He's not someone I'm super excited about like a Terry McLaurin, but I think that he's a fine piece. I think he could operate as a great two if they do go get a one. If they can bring in a one into that offense, he could like be that. a really, really fantastic yeah. wide receiver too. I like that. I will say out of those three options, I think Shepard and Tate are like your safer, more reliable weekly finishers. If you're playing like DFS or if you're kind of in for those boom weeks, that's what Slayton's going to give you. To me, I'm just not sure when that's going to come. I mean, he did lead the team in, with uh, yards per reception 15.4 last year. So he was that pretty deep healthy. threat for Daniel Jones. Yeah, and if they can can continue that path, I mean, the guy has 4.39 speed out of yeah, Auburn. He's so he's a burner. He's fast. Like, if that's, if that's his role, again, we need that upside in, in our lineups, but... So it might be tough to kind of decide when to start him. I'm in I'm in hold mode if I own any of these guys because I don't really know. I think their value might stay the same kind of going into next year and then they draft a stud or like whatever it is. So I'm just in hold mode out of these three options. But we got to talk Evan Ingram next because, man, just two years ago, he was like in the conversation for the next like elite tight yep. end. Still, I think, has the upside to get there, certainly has the talent. But as John said, it, the health has been a concern. He's coming off of Liz Frank surgery. Um, but guys, before surgery, he was on pace to tie Travis Kelsey for the most targets at tight end. I mean, if he's on the field, he's a tight end, the tight end four, the tight end five. Yeah. In Somewhere rankings in that week. range. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. So what are we doing with Evan Ingram? I mean, I, I have slight optimist optimism heading into this year in regards to, this season alone, but certainly the injuries are piling up and it is a concern. So what are you guys doing with Evan Ingram in your leagues? Uh, <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know. I, I was trying to decide if I would pay a second for him. <laughs> oh, I would pay a second oh, for him. Some, I would, for I would. sure. Okay. So I would probably pay a second for him and feel... Would you pay late first? Not great. No. It took me, it took me some time to decide if I even would pay a second for him. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I like, the, and the only reason I would do that is because there's just as much chance that whoever I draft there will get on the field as there is that Evan Ingram will get on the field, because there's a great chance that that guy will be a complete bust in the second round of my rookie draft, and there's a great chance that Evan Ingram won't play any games or spend more time in the blue tent than on the field. Like, this guy's Jordan Reed. Is oh, it? Are we at that, that point? Him. We're. I feel like we're at that point. Jordan Reed no, not, was... not yet. I not mean, yet. not where Jordan Reed is now, but there was a point where we were still on the fence with Jordan Reed, and we were like, guys, this is the 
tight end three or four if he stays healthy for a full season, and he just can't. I'm I'm That's really true. getting to that point with Evan Ingram. It's it's a, a tipping a little. The fence is very thin. He was he was <laughs> supposed to be the next George Kittle before there was George Kittle. Yes, and we just haven't seen it. Um, I will say. If you do want to buy him, now is probably a good time to do it because there's literally no hype around him at all anywhere. So if you think yep. that he has the possibility of bouncing back and giving you, like, hell, 13 games. <laughs> like You're not even banking on a full 16. Yep. But if you think that he can give you 13 games of potentially elite tight end production, now is a good time to go do it. In fact, I might go do that. Um, I might go out into some of my leagues tonight and throw some uh, danglers out there and see what happens. I think that's a great great idea, and I'm going to also do that in my leagues, especially <laughs> the ones that we play in together. Ah, thank first. you. Um, no, I I have Ingram in a couple leagues, and I've actually been trying to trade him, like trade away Evan mm-hmm. Ingram this entire offseason, and no one's biting. And it's like I'll throw you a. a Back in second and a fourth. I'm like, no, I might as well just hold him. Like, So uh, people are down. So if you believe in him, yes, now's the time to go by. If you've, um, if you've okay, been boys. holding him, though, what does it take for you to be willing to sell him? Like, we're talking about how Okado is on the fence about... A high second. A high second, late first, at smash. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I'm holding because the hold value is right. pretty good. Yep. Yeah, for sure. All right, boys. On to arguably the best franchise in the entire NFL. Oh, um, the team that came out and beat the Patriots Uh-oh. in the Super Bowl. It was the best day of my life. Uh, we're talking about the Eagles. Boys, <laughs> this wide receiver room. Hey, it happened. This wide receiver room <laughs> is a oh. mess. Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's talk Jalen Reger. I mean, he's the dude to own there if you were going to target a wide receiver. No question. Do you guys think he produces for us in fantasy in year one? Because he might have to by default. I mean, we have Alshon Jeffrey on Pup. We have him coming off Liz Frank. I'm not projecting anything for him this year. Marquise Goodwin has opted out. They took a couple of late dart throws in the draft. It's J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Deshaun Jackson, and Jalen Rager. I mean, is he on our redraft radar? What do you guys think? First and foremost, before Okada starts talking, you said, is he going to produce for us? And I thought that you were lumping yourself in with the Eagles first and foremost when when you were saying oh, that. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> for fantasy owners. It's me, um, Doug Peterson, Howie Rose, Hanging and out boys. together. <laughs> drinking Listen. White Claws. Yeah. <laughs> Here's, laws, my issue. Here's my issue with Rager and producing this year. So we talked about Brandon Ayuk. We talked about Justin Jefferson. Uh, we talked about Terry McLaurin last year. The reason that these guys have high redraft upside, even as rookies, is because there's nobody else there. As as bad as the Eagles are, there are people there. Like, Alshon Jeffrey is a wide receiver one of the past who is still holding on to that role. If he's healthy by the time the season rolls around, they're going to want him to be the guy. Deshaun Jackson is a former you know, top-end talent. Both these guys are old, but both of them are veterans who are going to demand targets and attention and roles in this offense. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is a guy they drafted highly. Greg Ward is 
freaking Greg Ward, okay? <laughs> but last year he kept the team alive. I was starting him in fantasy yes, in Dynasty last year. Because he literally kept his roster alive. He was the only person who didn't could he catch get a, the football he, last year. Didn't he catch a touchdown in. against my Seahawks late in the season? Like, Probably. I think it was the last, last game of the year. I think he did, yeah. 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 So it is like the the <laughs> there are more wide receiver threes on this team than any other team in the league, but all of them technically have like the one up on Rager for uh the rights to be the the top options in this offense. So if he was on the Redskins, I would view him as a I'm potential sorry, wide team? receiver three. I like Rager as a talent. I mean the Washington <laughs> football team. Sorry. One of the eighty seven times that will happen this year. Yes. Uh, but he, he's not, he's on a team full of veterans and I don't think he's ever going to get a chance at having 80, 90 targets. So I'm not really super interested in Rager for this year. I do love him for dynasty though, because all those guys are going to be retired right. in two years and Rager yeah, can be the guy. Yeah, when he's looking to make a second or third year breakout, they're not going to have Djax and uh, nope. Alshon Jeffrey there anymore. So yeah, hold him in dynasty, just stash him away, um, put him in the coat closet and, you know, put him on mothballs. Um, the wide receiver one <laughs> on this team is Zach Ertz. Like that—that's the wide receiver one on this team. The wide receiver two might be Dallas Goddard. The wide receiver three yep. and the is wide receiver probably Miles three Sanders might be Miles Sanders. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Oh, uh, man. that has to be up on on our social media pages tomorrow for sure. Oh, that clip boy. right there. <laughs> Uh, what are we doing with those tight ends though? Because both. I like mm. Mm. redraft 100%. Smash the draft button on Zach Ertz. He's going to dominate this year. Yep. There's been a stigma. I feel like people are talking about it for three years now. They're like, the end is coming for Zach Ertz. Sell him now. It'll never be this good. And he did have an outlier season from target perspective a couple years ago. But we just talked about the wide receiver room. Like, what? Like, he's going to be yeah. the one. Like, I, I'm buying him in Dynasty Absolutely. formats. And I'm definitely targeting him in redraft, no doubt about it. He's also only 29 years yeah. old. I mean, if you trade for Zach Ertz and you can get him for like two to three more years. 100%. I mean, and you're getting him for like a late first. Yeah. You guys in on that? Yeah. I'm doing that. Absolutely. Do he's, he's He's got two years left, in my opinion. He's still got two years left on his contract. And I think he's still got two years left as a top-end fantasy tight end as a result. Well, the only thing that sucks about it is that Dallas Goddard could be a top six tight end if he was on any other team and he's stuck behind Zach Ertz. I think that they maybe drafted him either planning to run a lot of tight, uh, no. two tight end sets that they you, really haven't you know done full so much well, or just hoping he would you know be the successor. Well they did it just to punch oh, the, the Cowboys. Cowboys in the face. That's the only reason they took Dallas oh, Well, also that. Also that. Um, and then <laughs> oh, the Cowboys got them back by drafting and you guys need a tight end? So do we. <laughs> yeah. Psych. <laughs> Get wrecked. Get um, but, but to John's point, I want I want both of these guys. I mean, I, ideally, I don't want both of them on the same team, but I want both of them in my dynasty portfolio because I think Dallas Goddard is great. I think he's going to be – I think he could be a back-end tight end one this year I even so with too. Ertz on the team. And same thing next year if Ertz is still there. And then if and when Goddard ever gets his chance to be the true one on this team or another, I think he can be a top-tier tight end. I completely tight. agree with that. In Scott Fishbowl, I went with the triple stack – of Carson Wentz mm-hmm. and both of his tight ends um, on my roster. I love so, it. yeah, I, I agree with that. I And w- when we did our tight end ranking show a month or two ago now, um, we talked about it. We have Dallas Goddard inside our top 12 
Um, at least I do. I don't remember where you guys had him. But I do think that Dallas Goddard can produce back-end tight end one numbers, even with Zach Ertz there. This offense is going to run through the tight end and the running back. That's going to be how this offense is constructed a majority of the time. So backtracking to what we just said about Jalen Rager, yeah, I don't see him getting 80 to 90 targets this season. Because of that alone, both of those tight ends will have more targets than Jalen Rager, I think. I think Dallas Goddard has more targets than Jalen Rager. I have Dallas Goddard with more targets than every receiver on this team. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not saying I don't agree. I'm just saying like that's it's just kind of it silly is. to even it's think about. Baffling. Uh, yep. But yes, I'm in on on both these tight ends for sure. And I feel like with Goddard, the best thing about him is just like you don't have to pay a starter price to get him. But you know that if anything oh, whatever happened to Zeckerts, you have a top to five tight end freaking moon without like, question, yeah. without question. And with this kind of setup here, we're talking about these tight ends. Uh, you know, Dallas Goddard versus Zeckerts. Again, people always want to argue like who is the one you should buy in dynasty? Who? Yes, just do it for both of them. Just do yes. it for both. Yes, yep. the answer is yes. All right, boys. Last player that I really want to talk about. We can talk about Carson Wentz, too, if you guys want. He's kind of like the best quarterback <laughs> in the league. Um, <laughs> is Miles Sanders. I mean, the hype. We talked Oy about Brian Edwards' hype. Miles Sanders' hype is to the friggin' moon, as John just said. Um, you have to pay a lot to get him in redraft leagues. He's going in the first round. In dynasty startups, he's going in the first or second round. So... <sighs> too high would you sell miles sanders with the hype what do you guys think mm, that's actually an interesting question whether you should sell sanders where, while the hype is where it is now because it's pretty close to his ceiling having said that i expect him to hit it so i don't really know if i can because if he hits it this year that just raises his price um and i think that's probably what happens listen this guy is extremely talented he's in an extremely good situation he can catch the ball extremely well, which most Dynasty leagues are PPR leagues, so that's going to help you. He is going to be, uh, we just talked about him being the third receiving option of this team. He's going to have potentially 80, 90 plus targets on top of very good rushing ability. Yeah, uh, the hype is very high. The selling price is pretty good. So, you know, maybe if you have a bunch of running backs by some miracle, because that's not very common. And then Miles Sanders might be the one to sell because you can get a great value for him and go get another wide receiver or something like that to flush out your roster and balance it a little bit. But that's probably not very common. You're probably relying on Miles Sanders as your one or your two, and I'm very happy to yeah, do that. Yeah, I think that there's this common misconception in Dynasty football that you have to sell anyone that has value. You know, it is okay to actually hold a player and get the points for your team so that you <laughs> Yes. That was like so CBH that, like so that two weeks ago win. when Damian Williams opted like, out. Like, Yep. Everyone was like, oh, you got to sell him. You got to sell right. him now. It's like you drafted him for a reason. Like he's going to be right. fantastic. Like, you so. don't have to yeah, that's, sell that's a, everyone that is that is worth something. Sometimes it's good to yeah. just get the points and win this year. So sometimes it's even good to buy the high price player. Like we talked yeah. about A.J. Brown yes. coming off of last season. Buy him high. So, uh, yeah, that's a really great point. Yes, there is hype. That does not mean you have to sell just capitalize it on it yep. if you can. I agree. Yep. I think we're I all it. we're all all in on Miles Sanders being an RB one mm. uh, this year and for dynasty purposes. Um, I think that he has, yep. you know, at least three more seasons of really top tier production in that offense, depending on what happens with you know 
his contract situation in a couple years when they need to decide whether they're going to re-up him or not. Um, yeah. We play for two to three years down the road, like we've said a thousand times on this podcast. He's perfect in that window. Like, this is a running back that you want for a championship run in the next couple of years. Yes. Out of curiosity, Miles Sanders or Joe Oh, Mixon? Sanders. Miles Sanders. So fast for me. Sanders or Jacob? I hate that question so much. Dynasty? <laughs> We're talking Dynasty? I yes. see it all the time on Twitter. I'm sorry. I'm taking Sanders. I see it all the time on Twitter. Um, if you would have asked me at the end of last year, I would have said Jacobs. But just with how little there is they haven't in the added anyone. game. Yes. Right. Well, and they haven't added anyone. We talked in the offseason about the Eagles are probably going right. to go get a veteran. They still, still haven't done and it. it's August yeah. 16th as we're recording. Um, and football starts yeah, in yeah. like three yeah. and a half so, weeks. Yeah, that, that, for <laughs> me, that for me is, is Sanders. Because we have not seen the receiving opportunities for Josh Jacobs. If Josh Jacobs were to get 50 targets, mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs mm-hmm. could be I would take him. scary, scary good. He'd be entering yeah. like the Zeke tier of running backs if Josh yeah. Jacobs had 50 targets. Mm-hmm. But we haven't seen it. They're saying they're going to give it to him. But how much coach speak are you ready to believe? So as of right now, it's Sanders. I'm not going to be surprised if Josh Jacobs is more expensive next offseason. I think that's fair. Um, can real quick, can you guys tell me who the leading rusher is in a single season under Mr. Doug Peterson in his tenure in Philadelphia? No, you cannot. <laughs> Jordan Howard. John, you got a guess? In Philly for Peterson. In Philly. I think it's Miles Sanders from last year. I'm trying to remember the guys. Wendell. Oh freaking no, Smallwood. Wendell. So anyone, anyone out there who's saying, you guys, you three, what are you doing? Like you, you don't realize he uses a running back by committee, do you? He had no one. He had to use a committee. (laughs) It was Wendell Smallwood. So yeah, that argument, I just won't hear it. Like no way. It's Miles Sanders backfield through and through. Guys, last player to talk about Carson Wentz. I I think he's a value. I, I really do. I mean, people have this kind of idea in their head and the last thing they saw from him last year was Javian Clowney giving him a concussion in the playoffs. Broke my heart. I might have cried. Anyway, and they, they think he's just injury prone. And really, I you know you guys know my thoughts on that. I don't think he is. I think he's got plenty of, of opportunity and health this year and beyond. I'm buying not only because I love the Eagles. I'm also buying because of the fact that this offense um, it has been top eight in plays per game all of D- Doug Peterson's seasons as a head coach. The team is going to be up-tempo. They're going to pass the ball a ton. He's got dual threat capability as a, a rusher and a thrower. I feel like people were in love with Wentz two years ago, and now they're like, eh, he's fine. And I'm buying all day. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's some, there's some tough hills to climb with Wentz. The injuries have been saddening, and the weaponry well, at least the wide receiver weaponry is awful. The overall weaponry is made up for, as we've talked about on the last 10 minutes, by the tight ends and the running backs. But you want your quarterback to have good wide receivers. It's the NFL. That's their job. Uh, and the Eagles don't have any. So that is tough. Having said that, and listen, I've been vocal about being kind of down on Deshaun Watson. He's still very good. I am debating between Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson in my dynasty rankings on a daily basis. Like... I think Carson Wentz is closer to being a top six quarterback than he is to being outside the quarterback one range. And I think most people kind of have him as a fringe QB one right now. So I agree he's a buy. 
especially right now when they haven't figured out their receiving core, I expect them to do it at some point. I think that they have one of the best front offices in the NFL, and I think that they'll support this quarterback. I completely agree, Um, and I love that point between him and Watson. I'm right there as well. I have Wentz one spot behind Deshaun Watson in my dynasty rankings. And yeah, for now, now. if they add some, ask, I guess, if they they add some (laughs) wide receivers to that room over the next year, um, basically it's going to come down to whoever has the better wide receivers for those two. If, if Houston does the same thing, if they go out and get a couple wide receivers, okay, great. Watson's going to stay there or maybe even bump up a spot or two in my rankings from where I have him right now. Same thing with Carson Wentz. He's very, very good. Makes a lot out of basically nothing all the time. Um, is a very talented passer. I don't think he's injury prone either. They've been a couple freak injuries. Um, yeah, I, I want Wentz everywhere. He's a locked and loaded quarterback one. Love it. All right, boys. We're back. Woo! We did it. Mm. <laughs> Swimmingly, under uh, an hour and, and five minutes of going. Hey, 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 Okada uh, and man, I what a show. Right there for the last one, also. Under an hour and five. Yes. Yeah. I listened back. I heard. I was very we were impressed shamed by, by you, too. you, so we yeah. had to do it. <laughs> oh, man. Boys, it's always fun to talk football, and of course, it's good to get back, three of us. If you're liking what you're hearing, listeners, please, 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 please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a ton. And when you do it, you might as well screenshot it, try to get in the Listener League. Check out the website. Check out Patreon. We're back for one more episode later this week. Boys, anything else for the people? Training camp, baby. Mm. Hype season is real. Mm. Best shape of his camp. life. <laughs> Go get Bryce Love. No, don't. (laughs) Okay, we're going to close out the show on that (laughs) note. Until next time, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod. And check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.